Welcome to the Entail AI Podcast. Discussions with marketing executives sharing their latest techniques for growing their businesses online. Uh, hi, Amy. Very nice to have you on board the um, Entail Podcast. So before we begin, uh, if you could just tell a bit about yourself, your professional background. Uh, okay. So I'm a writer and a content strategist. I'm the, um, actually I'm the SVP of business development and marketing for ARIA, which is a, a natural language generation and natural language technology company, but I've spent my life neither sales, marketing, or creating content. And so I'm pretty obsessed with generative AI. I'm pretty obsessed with the tools and watching the market and watching a lot of my fellow creatives panic um, so, so that's how we ended up in this conversation because it's what I think about most days. It's what I spend my weekends, you know, scrolling through LinkedIn, looking at everyone's thoughts and yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, we, we had, uh, quite an interesting conversation, uh, yeah. went, uh, much, much longer than, than I, than I anticipated, which was very interesting. So, um, I had a lot of follow-up questions, but, but the main uh, topic that I'd like to speak to today is really about because it's really like your field of expertise and and it's also like the hot topic of how AI affects content creation and we see in the market so many people responding in different ways to to AI. On one hand, I think it's really cool that you can go into ChatGPT or other tools and, and just uh, ask them questions and they provide answers. But I mean, first of all, I think one of the interesting points is for me, I can say that that ChatGPT, even though it's an, it's an amazing tool, it hasn't really changed my behavior and, and how I do my work that that dramatically. I mean, it does help me here and there if I need to write an email and I, I have no idea. Usually I just prefer to write my emails myself. But me too. But as if I need, I don't know, if I need help, like coming up with, with titles for like an article I need to write or so I want to generate like 10 different variations of, of titles and I'll do it on ChatGPT. So how often do you think you use it? To be honest, do you use it every single day? No, I don't. I don't use it okay. every single day. I use it probably once a week, I guess. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I use it, and I use it never. But that's because I prefer Claude. Okay. Um, Claude.ai, which is Anthropics uh, LLM, and for me, it writes more naturally. It's less inaccurate, and I just learned this morning when I was reading things, thinking about this um, podcast, that it's built on constitutional AI, which means it's inherently, supposedly ethical, right? So I think it'll be interesting to see where ChatGPT ends up in the big picture because it seems infallible now, but MySpace, you know, Yahoo, I think about how how at certain points certain tech looks infallible and then something comes along and replaces it. So so I use Claude almost every day mm-hmm. uh, when I'm writing, and it and it's it never replaces my writing. It's more of a brainstorming tool. Um, it might point. I use it a lot for bullet points on blog posts where it might come up with something. Like for instance, yesterday I asked it, "What's the difference between an LLM?" and deterministic language model, which is what natural language generation is built on, right? And it did give me bullet points that I probably wouldn't have thought of, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how we use it as a, so for me as a writer, it's not scary, it's a tool, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I actually, um, I don't write like that often, so maybe that's that's why I don't use it that often. I use it for, uh, so sometimes if I do have to write, I use it for that. I use it like like if I need to make a list of, of items like like you just mentioned and, or like yep. bullet points and I need to come up with all the bullet points and, and, and I want to like, I need help thinking about them or coming up with them. So it's helpful for that. But I also find it like um, often very inaccurate or yeah, I mean, it's it's a good source of, of ideas when you're starting out, but I find it uh, I mean, far from perfect for sure, but also not very reliable. I mean, the, the the there's a huge gap between what I get, the output that I get from ChatGPT because I haven't used Claude, sure. but from ChatGPT. So there's a huge gap between the output and what I feel like I could send someone or I can publish. Of course. And 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 but I mean it's it's significant. I mean if if I just wanted to know like best places to visit in Chicago or something, you know, 
I could ask ChatGPT. I mean, what's what's the worst case, worst scenario? No, I'm so would you? So I think this is a big issue because when it came out, they were calling it the Google killer and, mm -hmm. you know, it's in, in, it's in, integrated into Bing. I don't use it for that now. And I'm it's it's funny. My daughter's Gen Z. I'm a Gen X. Um, I consider us the first digital natives because when I was in high school, we had Apple computers. Right. So I embrace technology quickly, easily, fluidly. And I don't use it as a replacement for that. I have tried it. I still use Google. I still use Google Maps. And if I want to know the best place for X, Y, Z, especially if it's restaurants or if you're a tourist, I would go to a Facebook group for that area and ask actual humans, right? Yeah. Because I don't trust Yelp. I don't trust I don't trust anything that savvy businesses can manipulate or dominate, right? Mm -hmm. Because the person who owns the best Mexican restaurant in my area may not be at all tech savvy, right? Yeah. So it's interesting. And I, I haven't looked at the Eustis numbers, but I don't see it killing Google at all. I mean, I mean, I was because of how our, our business works. Uh, I mean, yeah. all the tra most of the traffic that we get on, on Intel's pages comes from Google. Um, okay. My main yep. learn from the beginning was not really how it changes content creation because from the beginning I, I didn't believe it could just go and replace content creation. Uh, like like people present it somehow to me because I mean the numbers just don't add up. I mean if if you if you, it's like printing money, we mentioned it last time. If you can print limitless amounts of money, money it's worth nothing, right? It, it, it loses right. worth, so it doesn't make sense that you'd have a tool, you know. Dump a list of, of a billion keywords from SEMrush or Keyword Planner, it doesn't matter. Put them into JetGPT and get an article for every keyword and automate uploading it to your website. And then everybody can do it. There's no reason to yeah. rules or index all of that. So so in that sense, I was not worried about this replacing content writers, but I was more worried about how this is going to change search. I mean, if this changes the way Google shows search. And so I'm, I'm more, uh, in that sense, I'm more um, concerned with we're not concerned. I'm just, I'm just uh, uh, more kind of curious, and then I, I follow how SGE, you know, how Google implements Bard into search, sure, and how the new search experience is gonna is gonna work, and how that will affect um, articles and so on ranking on Google. You know, I know, and I don't think we know yet, but that's my. I think the impact on SEO is much huge, much bigger than it will be on on great writing, right? Yeah because of all the mass of content out there and it can be mediocre. It's just like back in the day when you could game the system and you could, you know, force keywords and then Google wisened up to that and blacklisted sites that were doing it. I always, I always bet on Google, right? I want to see what they do with, you know, so that they can maintain decent search, right? So I think it has much bigger impact on that, but there are people, a lot of people, and I, I think, who think it's really going to impact content creation and eliminate jobs, right? Um, and I have a, there's an AI ethicist and his name is, is slipping right now, but we had this whole debate about whether, whether, it, whether it's ethical for one, for, uh, for ChatGPT to mimic authors. That's how I consider it, right? To take, you know, the Sarah Silverstein lawsuit, yeah. all the class action lawsuits around ingesting their copyrighted work without permission and then producing content in the voice of, right? Yeah. And I said, I think it's unethical because it's not, he, he used an example of Prince being influenced by Bob Dylan. And I said, yeah. that's not the same thing at all to me because that's Prince in his entire life's experience and Bob Dylan is this part of it. So he's yeah. producing music that is unlike anyone else's, right? And, and Prince yeah. is the king. So what these models do, I asked ChatGPT, write me a poem in the style of William Butler Yeats, which is allowed to do because Yeats is in the um, fair use now, right? You, yeah. There's no copyright. It's mimicking it. It's not, it's not in any way what he would actually write. It's just mimicking his style, right? So to me, it, there's a soul missing, and this is where you either believe that the human brain and the human soul is this spectacularly unique thing nothing like it has ever existed before mm -hmm. and that's where the greatness comes from right mm -hmm. or you think and it's funny the people who tend to disagree with me on this 
are engineers and tech geeks and people who may not have a soul of their own. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding, but but uh, but people who are not um, like I consider myself a neo humanist, right? I have a master's in art history and English literature, right? That's been a they're too, of they're, it's too techy. They just they just believe the tech is almost alive, you know. And then that's that's yes. a philosophical question, you know, like yes. like what is a soul? If 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 a computer can answer your question, and a person can answer your question, I mean, uh, there's a there's a huge difference between the two. It's not the same thing, you know. Absolutely. I mean, it's almost like the argument between faith and science, right? Yeah. So I believe you can have both, and I believe in science. Um, but I don't want a scientist writing a novel that I'm going to read for inspiration, right? I mean, it might be a great scientist who could do it, right? Yeah. But to me, that's the difference. And as of today, I haven't seen any AI-produced content that wasn't pretty boring and pretty mediocre. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, I, I think I, I so I asked ChatGPT one time about about if it thinks that it violates uh, copyrights, yeah. and uh, and the answer it gives. Which I mean, most of its answers are very like politically correct. Yes. Now is, is that um, is that just like people? You know, I mean, I can read something you wrote, and it will inspire me to do something else, or I will learn from you, and I will digest it and create my own thing. It says, it says it doesn't copy anything. We just because it just kind of like digest information from everyone, and it creates a new thing, just like people do. I mean, okay. So that, that's that's. I think I think that's. Uh... But it's being taught this because of the lawsuits. So before the lawsuits, it would give you a different answer. But now, ask it if it will write something in the style of Silver, Sarah Silverstein, and it will tell you I cannot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I don't know where those lawsuits are going to come out. Um, I think that the artists have a have a low chance of winning. Mm -hmm. Um. Because someone said to me, it's almost like it's too big to fail, right? These LLMs are too big to fail. That they, they sort of have taken over everything. Although a data scientist had said to me, when does ChatGPT get so big that it collapses in on itself? And I'm not technical enough to understand it, right? Yeah. But, no, but, but it, has, my... it, has do, it has to do with, with what's happening on Google. I mean, so first of all, yeah. on one hand, I mean, before there were cars, there weren't really, there wasn't any regulation. There, were, there, there was no speed limit, right? So, yeah. I mean, so regulation has to move along with technology. And and the fact right. that you can read Yates or anyone else and it will inspire you to write something new and it may be inspired by or even similar. You're a human. You're not You're not able to read the entire internet and and, and put everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yes. it's a different thing. And I think... Yes. I think that's where a kind of a tax will maybe implemented, you know, uh, where if companies can can learn off of our work and, and you know, one company can basically replace millions of people with a model like this, they will have to pay back in in a, in a form of a tax. And if they don't, they will collapse the entire eco ecosystem. And that's, and that's also similar to what's happening with Google and search. Because if you just take all... so. And I think Google knows it very well, and I think that's why they're moving very, like, quite slowly with SGE. It's not just because okay. of monetization. Of course, they yeah. everything was very comfortable for them. You know, they're making out the money off of uh, search ads and so on. But it's not just that; it's the accuracy of the results. That's one, which is yeah. far from from great. Um, but the other thing is that they can't dry the source. You know, if now Google has been for many years have been have been claiming or bragging or whatever. That they increase that the amount of traffic that Google sends to website to websites increases from year like year over year it grows. Sure. And so if now they provide all the results, they learn from from publishers, they learn from websites. You put an article about AI, they read that article, and Bart learns it, and then and if they don't send any traffic back to that article, why would you publish an article? In a way, Think exactly. about if you, if you compare the inventory that Google has is basically the entire internet's content. Okay, if that inventory is comparable to what you have on Instagram in the form of images of breakfast or whatever people post there, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, there's also Mid Journey and ChatGPT can now generate images. So why not? Why why should maybe Instagram should stop getting images from people and just post their own breakfast their own, images exactly. and generate them? Exactly, it will kill Instagram completely, and Google understand that I think. You know, yes, they yes. can't kill the internet. And 
But on top of that, and it's interesting because we uh, we have a videographer, a woman who develops. I don't know if that's the exact word, but she's also worried about you know the AI tech that creates images and artwork. And I have yet to see artwork that I that looks human made to me. Perfection is humans are not perfect, right? Mm -hmm, right. This artwork can be too perfect, right. right? I agree. And so for me, it doesn't do anything for me, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, um, okay, can can any uh, generative AI make something like Vermeer would make or the Dutch masters possibly, but to me, to this day, it looks artificial. Now, will it become a tool that artists use, right? Like, like Illustrator, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I just believe that the human soul is too unique that it won't, re but it, it may replace, um, for instance, in pharma, generative AI can replace product descriptions, right? Uh, it can do a lot of that. Of course, some of this has to be, a lot of this has to be human monitored. Mm -hmm. So I read about an enterprise. It was actually a prospective client of ours that tried to, they stepped away from using our deterministic model. They tried to use an LLM. It turns out because of the inaccuracies, right? Because you don't know what data is put in there. You don't, if it's the whole internet, well, it could be a lot of, you know, uh, false news, right? Fake news. So it's put, yeah. It cost them so much to have humans monitor the LLMs that they decided it wasn't worth it. The productivity only increased by like 2%. Mm -hmm. So, so I think the jury is still out on how, how all this is going to work from a business perspective. I think small LLMs that may be industry focused will be awesome, right? Mm -hmm. So a legal LLM. I actually have a friend who went to work for a faith-based LLM and it's it's not one religion, it's it's Judaism, Christianity, etc. Mm -hmm. into this massive LLM where you can ask it questions about scriptures or about the Quran or whatever. Like there's so many cool usages that that where it can be 100% accurate, where you can be sure that the information that was put in is accurate. And and to me, maybe ChatGPT is just the first giant one that we look back on and think, well, that was fun when it came out, but it's so inaccurate, it doesn't have a place, at least in the business world, right? Yeah. I mean, my daughter can use it to write her homework assignment. Uh, and if the teacher doesn't use any kind of AI checker, she can get away with it, right? Um, and we actually did that. I don't know if I told you that last time when it first came out, I just wanted to see if her school was paying attention. She had to write an article about, I hope no one in her school is watching this, uh, <laughs> student lunches. So we used ChatGPT. Of course, we had to correct it a little bit, turn it in. And her teacher liked it so much. They published it in the school newspaper. It was like the best article she wrote. Yeah. But you're thinking, what were the what was the benchmark right yeah talking about a bunch of high school students so it could work in cases like that i don't know i just i think that we have i think we're at the, the very beginning of this mm -hmm. and anyone who thinks they know exactly where it's going to go is kidding themselves right yeah yeah i agree yeah. i mean i could also see it has it has biases um very yeah 100 yeah like because now they implemented a new feature where you can ask it a question and, and it searches on Bing. I mean, I yeah. mean, if it wanted to pro to produce really good results, it should search on Google, not Bing. You know, but that's a different story. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I asked it a question, so I asked just you know a few things about asked it what what stood out in the uh, Hamas attacks on October seventh, and the answers were so biased. I mean, I was surprised. Like everything that it said stood out was like the coordination of the attack, the scale of the attack. It said nothing about about uh, the viciousness and, yeah. and uh, yeah. like yeah. crimes against women and all that, and so so I asked it here, yeah, but what about all the women that were like brutally raped there and all that, and it said, yeah, this information needs to be verified, like you know, like wait, were you asking Bing? You were asking basically ChatGPT. ChatGPT goes and and bings it, you know, searches on Bing. Yeah, that's and, scary. And then and then the bias, yeah. and so. But, but I think the main, so, you know, somebody is a tourist supporter, they'll say, like, yeah, but, you know, there's another side and all that. But the main the main point for me is that um, is that there are biases because, like you say, if if, of course. if it's like quoting a, a verse from, from the Bible or whatever, that's easy. That's like hard, that's like structured information, right? There's, there's no yeah. no two ways about it, you know. Also, if you ask it to, to write... Um, 
a spreadsheet formula, you know, it's quite, it's quite structured. It's, and, and maybe sure. there's more than one formula that can get you the result, but it, it, it does it very well. I use it for that, by the way, you know, for formulas for spreadsheets. Okay. If I had to do Makes it sense. complex, you know, yep. um, but when you need to ask it a question, let's say about politics, opinions, I mean, we're at a place today in the world where it's quite clear that we can't even agree on the fact. I mean, us people right? agree on the fact. Absolutely. But that makes it even more frightening because yeah. it will produce even more uh, false information, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, and today we're, especially with the young generation, you know, somebody on TikTok said it, so it must, must be true, you know? And and yeah. if, if LLM is kind of like imitate our behavior, I mean, that, that's not a very uh, promising prospect, you know? Yes, which is which is why would there be a place for a news organization to build fact-checked LLM, right? That's back to the smaller LLMs, I think, are where at least the business world will go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in that sense, and that's also a lot of what we're doing, and that's also the purpose of, purpose of what we're doing now, what we figured out, that in the beginning we were like, we gave people in our team like different tasks with with um, with ChatGPT to see what it can or cannot do, uh, yeah. and what it does better than people or worse than people, and so on. So it's interesting. Like for example, they gave it uh, an article about um, it was just, I mean, the Queen of England just recently passed, and they gave it an article yeah. about her history and her biography and all that, and they changed some of the data, and they asked it, you know, like to fact check the the article and, and it. It missed, like ChatGPT and Bard missed like 50% of the data. The funny thing is sure. they did not ask the right question because if, if like if you change the date of birth and you ask like, is this data correct? It doesn't know. But if you, if you ask it, what's the date of birth? It will tell you the right one, you know? So in fact checking, it's not that that's uh, accurate. But other things we, t we checked was like, for example, if you give it, um, if you give it enough information and you tell it to, or, or if you give it, for example, you just write something very quickly, a few paragraphs, and you ask it to rephrase it. It does an okay job. It's not bad at rephrasing it. It's, but there are so many tools that are better. Like, yeah. as a writer, Grammarly, premium Grammarly to me is the, probably the most useful tool I have, right? It's been around for years and years and years. So I'm, I'm not going to leave Grammarly or WordTune, which you probably used does a better job in my mind of rephrasing it. And then I don't know if you've used Jasper, uh, Jasper AI. No, I, I mean, I, I, I at them a little bit, um, but I, I, I use mostly Grammarly. Yeah. So Jasper is great. And it's from my knowledge, it's actually built on OpenAI's LLM, mm. but it creates templates. It has templates and structure for writers. Right. So. Yeah. So, of course, I always come back to who's replacing me, you <laughs> know, what tools can make me more productive. And because there is panic, as you know, in the content marketing universe. Yeah. Right. You're not panicked. Right, because no, I, mean, I look at it differently, and by the way, that's why I mean, I've, I've, uh, we have clients that, for example, they use a tool like Phrase or or Jasper. Yeah, yeah. And and this tool, what it is, so for example, you write an article, and it tells you like what keywords you need to add and what sections you need to add, and 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 I really don't like that. I, I think that's really a bad use of, of AI for the simple reason, and that that first of all, it's kind of like digging your own grave in a way because. If you're moving more and more towards structured content, like I told you, if you need to, to have a, a spreadsheet, an Excel formula, ChatGPT can do a great job and probably a billion other tools can do it very well because it's very structured. So I want to move away from structured content. The, the more the, the content is structured, there's less room for creativity. There's more room for, it's, it's more okay. and more for the machine to create. You understand? So, so, it, so there's different content. So for marketing, yes, right? You want creativity. What we do at Aria, it's we use a different bunch of natural language technologies, and we're creating almost finished with an integration with LLM, so that you. But with deterministic models, because in business you want structure, right? Yeah. yeah. So one of our big use cases is investment commentary, right? Which used to be painstaking to develop and full of human errors, right? Sure. With a deterministic model. There, there. We are going to get the same answer every single time because you don't get that with ChatGPT. Exactly, right? but that, that's not creative, right? You want you want to get something right, right? Yes. So in business, using natural language technologies that are deterministic, you know you can rely on the answers, you can mm -hmm. rely on the facts because the facts are coming in from your data, 
exactly. you put in there. And then we allow for editing of like the tone of voice. Um, it's built in a way that you can edit the tone of voice. You cannot edit the facts, right? right. So, so with our business, the LLMs have actually been incredible because before ChatGPT came out, nobody really knew what natural language was, natural language generation. I mean, unless you were a tech geek yeah. or somebody in this field or a CTO. So for us, it's funny when people say, well, what is AI doing? I'm like AI has been around for 50 years or more. Um, this is just one version. It's generative. And, and what does that mean? It means it makes mistakes to me, right? It means it's generating and it's not determined what it's going to generate, right? Right. So for creativity, that might be great. But you have said yourself, you use it for almost brainstorming, right? But it's not replacing what you do. And it's not replacing what your business does either. So that's what I would love to hear about. So you create content for businesses. And how much of the content you're still creating is coming out of ChatGPT? Yeah, I mean, so so that I mean, much, we, right? we we've been like, very obsessed with that since ChatGPT came yeah. out, and I thought like of course. my main my main uh, concern or what I wanted to see how it changes is how Google Google uh, reacts to it. But in terms of content creation, I mean, we don't generate. I mean, you can generate uh, a bunch of titles for a post to select from, but usually what happens yeah, yeah. what happens is, is you get like ten versions and you mix and match a little bit of, of everything. So it, it helps you in the brainstorming process. But it, it's very rare that you'll get like a perfect title uh, out of ChatGPT that you'll use as is. So sure. we don't use it like that. I mean, it's actually very interesting. I saw uh, I saw this, uh, she's a neuroscientist and I actually saw her on TikTok. And she explains why you can't really tickle yourself, why somebody else can tickle you and you can tickle yourself. It has to, it has to be with the, ah. it has to do with the way the brain works. It needs to be a surprise. It needs to be like something unexpected, okay? So if someone else tickles you, you can't expect what they do because it's not you, like it's not the same brain moving one hand, you know, tickling another. Sure, hand. Sure, it, sure. it comes from outside, so you can't predict it. And and the, th the same thing, for example, I, I kitesurf, and I'm very bored already to like kitesurf in flat water. I need to go out on waves because it's all the time changing. Like I've been doing it for many years. I can't just go and it's flat. I need something that changes and, and creates like, kind of like creativity, something that's interesting. And, and what we've realized, and that's why I told you like why we moved from, we're not creating contracts, we're not creating, uh, we're creating content that needs to be like, like you say, like more creative, it needs to be informative and so on. And and in a way, it's not really, we're not in entertainment, we're not Netflix, okay? But it needs to be informative and interesting. And what you've seen is if it's too predictable, if it's too structured, it, people get tired of it. It becomes boring yeah. for them. It's like eating the same food again and again and again. Absolutely. You know? And 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 what you've seen is is that we want to have like just like with this interview, we want to have talking points because we want to know more or less what what the topic is, what we want to speak about. But this level of of uh, um, unpredictability, okay? I don't know you yet, okay? I don't yep. know what your responses. I don't know if you're gonna if how this communication is gonna work. That's what makes it interesting, and that's what people like. That's why, I mean, reality shows work. I mean, you ask yourself, what do people like in the reality shows? But it's just a, an easy way of creating content that's engaging and interesting. They always put like in like Big Brother, they always put the most provocative people at the same yes. time, you know, so they can start arguing and fighting and having sex and all that. Like, yes, all yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, so. So ChatGPT is the reality show of LLMs, <laughs> right? <laughs> And and then there will be more boring, structured LLMs that are more accurate, maybe less creative, maybe less fun. That's yeah. that's how I see it. I see yeah. ChatGPT like Love Island, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, it is it is it is interesting to see where this will go. But but content marketers, okay, so a company that makes their money off of content marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Um how much how what percentage of the content that you're that was requested of you is for seo value versus uh truly gen right so i think i think um if as a content creator if you're still making the distinction then you're gonna be in extinct in a way because but see because you think that the LLMs will produce the SEO content? Not, not just because of that, because I think what happens is 
as the quality of your content needs to improve because of, of AI. It's not that now yeah. you can mass produce content. On, on the contrary, because AI can mass produce content and because people are now using it to mass produce content, then most of the content they produce is boring. I mean, go like, go That's on. That's what's happening yeah. now. That's exactly what's happening. But exactly, but, but I mean, uh, log into Netflix, you know, go on Netflix. Most of what's on Netflix, you're not going to watch. That's right. It's so it's right. better that they have like a billion TV series. You know, you're not going to watch it. It's not, you don't find it interesting, but you may go to, and that's one of the advantages on Netflix. You may find a, a Korean TV series and you've never watched anything Korean. And all of a sudden it's very interesting because it's so different. It's so special. You know, it's like, and, and, and it's not necessarily about the quality of the footage or whatever. It's but like you're talking quality. about a, but you're talking about a human searching. So I go to Netflix and it knows I like British period stuff, right? So it's going to put a lot of that up, right? And I'll yeah. find things that I wouldn't have found without Netflix. Mm. But think about, or I think about it for organic search, right? So my boyfriend owns a kayak business, tour guide business, right? Yeah. Luckily, his competitors have no idea about SEO, most of them, SEO or any kind of organic. So I have used uh, Cla Claude. Mm -hmm. to create blog posts about kayaking in Sarasota Bay, and it helps for organic search, right? Now I, I edit it, of course. I make it as interesting as I can, but I'm posting one a week, one a week, one a week, because I know as competitors, most of them don't even know what a blog is, right? Yeah. So that's the impact that worries me the most. Yes, I can always produce better, more interesting com content, mm -hmm. but if, if somebody's weaponizing an LLM to produce endless keyword stuffed and I'm, I'm this is where i watch what is google gonna do google's too smart for this they're not gonna I, let I can, I can show you. google has tools. okay google has tools to fight with with um with, with gen ai content not it's not it's not in the beginning it was about gen ai like people spoke about it, but it's not about that it's about content inflation i mean 20 years okay, ago well, i mean if you if you did 20 years ago what you're doing now for your boyfriend's uh kayak business and you would just blog. You you could become like a millionaire just from blogging. Yeah. And everybody yeah. figured that out. And, and content marketing like really took off. And and content inflation started even before ChatGPT. A lot of the inflated writing happened in Asia, for example. Oh like sure, of course. And you go to Upwork or yeah. Fiverr, and you hire someone for five bucks to write. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and but then what happened now is is that what happened then is that. Google doesn't have like unlimited resources. So it can't just, I mean, when you look, if you go on search console and, and you look at like at every website and you can check, there's a few things. One is you can check for non-index pages and you'll see pages that are crawled, not indexed or discovered, not indexed. These are yep. pages that Google crawls or discovers and just does yep. not index because, yep. and they never tell you why, because they're developers and they're monopoly. They don't need to tell you anything, you know? That's right, right. They can do whatever That's they right. want. But, That's right. but the, the reason why they wouldn't uh, index content, it's because it's not interesting enough. It's not, it's not unique enough. It doesn't add any value. And, and there's, I haven't seen a single website that does not have uh, pages that are, uh, are indexed. Are indexed yeah. And some websites, I've seen a website with, with 40 million pages, not indexed like that. Okay. So that tells you, tells you that Google already has a tool, uh, several tools to deal with content inflation, even before ChatGPT. And sure. now if website, if, if people are website or whatever, like, like I say, weaponize ChatGPT to create unlimited content, what will happen is, is Google will stop indexing content that doesn't have value. Eventually Google says, okay, everybody's going to use AI in their content creation and why, where, one way or another, maybe it's just uh, brainstorming. Maybe they're going to use it to generate stuff. We, we don't know. Eventually, what they're looking for, and Google is a company that deals with keywords, that's their business search. And sure. when they name their updates, usually the names are quite quite um, accurate. And they had an update was quite a while back, and they call it like the helpful content update. And they speak yeah. about helpful content. And that, that term, helpful content, is, is, is very accurate, you know, because eventually Google's business relies on, on you finding what you want on Google. If you can't find it, Absolutely. you're going to go somewhere exactly. else. And exactly. they must provide you with better results than ChatGPT, and they do much better results. I mean, you, you didn't leave yeah. Google for ChatGPT, or you haven't yet, okay? And so, if or for Bing, right, right, yeah, right, and so, right. And so, but people, the young generation does leave Google to um, TikTok, and that has to yeah. do. That has to do. That's also why we're doing more and more video because um, we strongly believe that that. 
I mean, you can already see that most of the world's attention now is on social media. People watch a lot sure. of videos and most of the videos they watch is on social media. They watch it, especially the young generation, but most people watch more videos on their, more video time on their phones than on TV or laptops. Okay? Yes, so definitely they, TikTok. Yeah. Yep. And so, and so TikTok answers a lot of, a lot of questions. It's more like a discovery experience than a search experience. Okay. Even though you can search there as well, but Google will also have to deal with that. Um, but eventually Google can't just index the every bullshit, everyone, uh, people, yeah, exactly. obviously. So exactly. for that reason, the, the quality of the content will have to go up because you want to stand you want to you want to rise above the noise you want to stand out but is there is there and so there was a tool in the early days of chat gpt called ai cheat checker mm -hmm. that um checks yeah, the ai You're, generated it, so it was in it and i tested it mm -hmm. and it was accurate like i would do 70 yeah. percent. it would say 70 percent gen ai and and a lot of other writers told me that they had different experiences, that it wasn't as accurate. It's been bought by an education company at this point, mm -hmm. but I don't know if there is a Gen AI checker that's 100% accurate yet, right? So Google, if, if Google has it, it would be much easier for Google to... Oh, they, they, they for sure can check it, but I think they kind of like, uh, it's like in the Matrix, like in one of the Matrix that... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... like uh, like Neo, you know, the, 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 so he, he makes peace with, with the machines in the end because he, he kind of like yes. accepts them. So I think Google also accepted the fact that most people or, or many people, I don't know if it's most, but a lot of the content that's being created now is going to be, there's going to be AI involved in why one way or another. And search is also AI. If you search, you're also using AI. But eventually what Google cares about is that your content is interesting because it, this is what you care about. You don't really, if, if you have a question, yes. if you need something, yes. if you're looking for that best place to, to kayak or whatever, you yeah, don't yeah. really care if like how I created the answer, as long as you get a good answer. And that's yes, what we're focusing right. on. And the good answer, but yeah. You just triggered something for me, going back to ethics. So you and I are tech enthusiasts, right? We spend our days on the on doing things like this. It's totally normal for us. Yeah. There are so many people on this earth who don't even know what ChatGPT is. And so this gets to the 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 you know the divide between the haves and the haves nots. So my daughter's an equestrian. She rides horses. Yeah. Brilliant guy who is a farrier, right? They do the horseshoes. So he's in, he's, he's, he's always wondering what I'm doing on my laptop at the barn. And I showed him ChatGPT and he'd never heard of it. Well, now he's using it for uh for descriptions on his website and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. But it made me laugh because to me, it was stunning that someone didn't know what ChatGPT is. Yeah. But I would bet you that most people who are not in the tech universe, who are not writers, creatives, and tech geeks, still are not paying attention to this at all, mm -hmm. right? Right. So, so that concerns me you know, around the digital poverty line, right? You could call it, it's the same thing when when uh, when COVID happened, how many kids didn't have laptops at home and didn't have right. internet, right? Mm -hmm. So where are the ethics around that, right? Uh, I mean, Yuval Arari, uh, the guy who wrote Sapiens, he speaks quite a lot about yeah. that, you know, uh, yeah. about how he, he, he kind of like compares the, the AI revolution to how the industrial revolution affected the world and, and countries that were very, most European countries back in the day that were much more advanced and how sure. they benefited from it. Uh, it speaks quite a lot about it. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. You know? um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think like many other ad advancements, I think we're not very responsible. And yes. what's to me even I think a bit more um, frightening in that way is, is I mean, this technology is definitely being weaponized because, you know, usually like armies are like a lot of the innovation happens in, in armies because the stakes are very, very high. And so, sure. I mean, there's, there've been like videos about that with like face recognition drones that sure. can, you know, like target yep. people specifically. And you can, you can choose whoever you want to tar target based on ethnicity, based on like, it could be like a specific yeah. person. It's kind of like, it's scary where yeah, yeah. technology can go, you know, it can yeah. get out of hand, you know. Yeah, that really is scary. Actually. And, and and also the scary thing, you know, back to terrorism and all that, is that it's it's being commoditized to a level where almost anyone can use it. It's like uh, it's not like back in the fifty years ago where like 
serious weaponry was only owned by by countries or so yeah but so this goes back to my 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 thing about who's going to police them now it's too big right it's out there you know i i watched the u.s government well i mean of course the uk the, the european union's ahead of us always when it comes to yeah. regulating ai right but it's words on paper how do they implement it right yeah it, it's it's i mean i think that there are people who surrendered to this idea that gen ai is too big it's already out there and we're doomed you know that's I mean, the I forgot the guy's name is uh, is a famous guy he was uh, an ex Google employee, quite uh, like an executive, I think, uh, originally Egyptian, very interesting guy, and he basically he said we screwed up. He said we should have never put it on the on the open web. It mm. said it may be too late. It speaks. Uh, I forgot his name. Man, what's his name? Yes, I've heard it. I've heard it. Heard I know. It. Yeah. yeah. So so I mean. Okay, so there are choices. I'm inherently an optimist, right? Yeah. I'm an, I like I call myself a neo-humanist, right? Yeah. I believe in all these things we talked about in the human soul. So, for me, I I could spend all day dreading it, worrying about things like facial recognition drones and yeah. all of that, or I can inhabit my part of the world and use it for the best I can. Use it for good, right? Use it to create better art. Use it to create more riveting. And I, I mean, this is this is my individual's choice. It's the only one I can make right now. Yeah. But I have a lot of colleagues who are scared to death about being able to even earn a living because of this tech, right? So, so I maybe I'm choosing to just bury my head and 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 see it for the good that it can do because what other choice do we have right to yeah, totally I, surrender i think i think it's out there and it's now it's kind of like growing organically i mean again you can't control like which groups are going to put their hands on that and then how they I know. It. but for yourself i mean you can you can use a knife to cut vegetables or you can use it to you know to do bad things to stab someone yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, so it's really it's really in your hands and and as long as this is in your hands you can do crazy stuff with it cra crazy good i mean like um again you can use it for content creation you can use it for for content editing uh you can really do a lot of like a lot of interesting stuff with with ai now i think it's um i think for us right now i mean i can tell like at intel i mean this has completely changed the way we create content, but we, we're not using it to generate content at all. Like it just, yes. it kind yes. of drove us to a place where we said, okay, the content quality must go up significantly. We yes. don't want to use uh, people who just summarize, like kind of like the, 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 the role of a content writer that, that just goes and summarizes from other people's articles. This is basically gone, but this was not that interesting before. The, the that's right that is just like i think what we're doing now in a way where you, where you find somebody who's was um a professional so for example i'll, I'll just let you i'll explain to you like our thought process so we said okay so all businesses need content in their marketing i mean even even Absolutely. if you send a text message a notification that's even right one line is is uh is, is content so all businesses need content and content is quite difficult to generate because for businesses because um for for the content to be interesting, the executives of the in the business need to create it. If you if you're a B two B company, and you need to create your own, if I generate an article for you with ChatGPT, there's no way you're gonna publish it. Okay, you're gonna throw me like that's right, that's right, that's right. So, um, so, so the the knowledge and the expertise that you need to have there is is quite profound. And the problem for businesses is that they cannot. Their executives cannot spend time on content creation because they're too busy and their time is too expensive. And then, and the, so that's okay. one aspect of it. And another aspect is is that like the currency that you have as a business, because you're not creating content, like you're not Netflix, okay, you're not into entertainment. If you create content, it's usually to help your customers, to inform them, to educate them, to help them sure. with challenges and so on. So your content needs to be more than anything else. It needs to be interesting. The main currency is that it needs to be interesting. So we started like researching and investigating what does interesting mean and how to make something interesting. And so, for example, uh, interesting can be if you do like a very in-depth research, you spend a month research, researching something and you share your, your results. That can be very interesting because that's profound. You you, you create something new. Something yes. like, like, again, like this example from like 
it's a surprise. It's something new. It's something I did not know before. So interesting. Also with jokes, it all it has to be fresh. It has to be new. Otherwise, it's not funny, right? So what we realized, okay, so you, you can you can um, do a lot of research, but again, B two B companies often do like white papers and do they do research, mm-hmm. but the amount of content that they put out, if they do research, is maybe one article a month. It's very expensive. Sure. But what like one asset that businesses have and they're, it's very difficult for them to capitalize on is again the, the knowledge, expertise, experience, perspectives of their executive. Their leader, exactly. exactly. But what you can do is, okay, so I record, a lot of my content comes from recording our SMEs, right? Mm-hmm. Data scientists, our CTO, mm-hmm. our COO, take that transcript, feed it into an LLM and t- say, turn this into an article. Yeah. So that's because those transcripts are painful. The team's transcripts can be painful to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't, I haven't actually done that yet. But my, but you're right. The reason the good content is expensive is it requires the time of the experts, yeah. right? The time and the knowledge of the experts, and it's hard, it's hard to to get that. And also that the the most expensive people at your organization are the ones who's time you need right exactly and and yeah you know, what's, what's yeah. even more interesting and where ai creates even more competition for businesses is that ai made it super easy for a person who's like you if you if you want to speak about ai you know you can film yourself on your car uh, in your car on your way to work and yeah. just edit it because there's now the the video editors they use ai so you don't need the professional editor you just use some of your facts and you cut it like this or like that and you up, you, you know, you, you just upload it to to whatever to LinkedIn or whatever you, wherever you want to publish it, and then and you can do it as as an individual, or it doesn't cost you anything but your money. I mean, but your time, sorry, your time may be expensive, but for creators, that's their their currency, their time. And that's so, right. And so businesses now are not competing with other businesses; they're competing with individuals. And those individuals, their content creation cost is basically just their time, and they're willing to to invest it. So for businesses, it's very difficult to create content that looks like UGC because again, people want to see people that look like them. I mean, they want to see that they get this unexpected thing, not this perfect uh, AI yeah. model speaking to them. They want to see somebody like, so they're looking for UGC, they're looking for authentic content. So how do you create UGC at scale? How do you make sure it's relevant? How do you make sure it's high quality? And that's something that's very difficult for brands to do. That's why we're seeing more and more of marketing dollars going into um, influencers rather than like moving away from Google, Facebook paid channels towards influencers. Especially when you're targeting the Gen Z, you know, that is on TikTok all day long, right? But even Um, for yourself, you're exposed to content, I mean, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, maybe on Twitter, maybe through messages that somebody sends you, maybe in an email, maybe something at work. You're exposed to a lot of content that's being shared on social media. Um, and this content, the content that you consume, most of it right now, I mean, you can watch a, a series, you know, when you're, I know, before you go to sleep at night or something. But most of the content that you consume now is is more like UGC. It's more like people like you and I and, and their perspectives, what they that's think right. about, what they feel, what they experience. That's what you care about. That's not, and, and that's that's the trend. And that's completely opposite to ChatGPT. So exactly, uh, but ChatGPT or whatever AI can be used to to edit that content to uh, in in like in that way. But the the core essence of the content is the human experience. You know, it's really that. Yeah. That's not AI. And that brings right you right back to me being a humanist and believing right. that 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 I I just don't think it can beat us. Um, if you look at it from the creative perspective, right? It can yeah. help us. Um, but I, I, I just don't think it'll replace us. Not, not, not at this level that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. I can um, tell you like it, we even use it now in, in, um, in creating, um, let's say if you, if you want to on LinkedIn, you can, you can publish, uh, you can post a video, but you can also post text. So if you just want to take some text generate some text with ChatGPT or Cloud or whatever, it's most most likely going to be uh, boring or not very engaging or it's not going to be written in a way that really represents you. And so we can use ChatGPT to, to in, in the editing process of creating content like that. Absolutely. But all the content that we create also for social media is based 
on on business leaders because it's mostly like this target sure. things. So business sure. leaders and and their perspectives. It must be based on that. Otherwise, it's not. It doesn't do the trick. That's right. That's right. I think we agree. I mean, yeah. you know, it'll it would be interesting to have this confirmation conversation in six months, right? Because yeah. these advancements have gone so fast. Um, to see if either of us have changed our minds, I doubt it, but we'll see. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's exciting, you know, to see what happens. I mean, the market is changing very quickly. Yeah. Um, but you know, when, when when the market is volatile, there's a lot of uh, opportunities. That's true. Because, because people respond to it differently. I think. I think. Again, it's. It, I think we spoke about this uh, before about how similar this is to other bubbles that happen in tech or in crypto, for example. And and it's always the same phenomena, you know, like history repeats itself, you know. So, yes. like, okay, let's buy this coin or that coin, and I'm gonna. It's gonna. It's like. This quick rich, uh, instant yes. rich, like uh, stuff. It's like it's the same stuff. I'm gonna publish like a million articles with ChatGPT. I'm gonna. If you're doing something that any everyone else is doing, you're not gonna yeah. stand out. And it's about That's standing right. out. Eventually. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and some of my favorite writers and marketers that I follow are definitely uh, risk taking. Right incredibly creative and they will say things that i don't expect there's a guy named dave harland he's a cop he's a copy guy right yeah he's his own business he has this friday newsletter that cracks me up because it is it is he he usually is making fun of someone who spammed him right but it's so comical so clever so quick no one replaces that right no technology replaces that so yeah yeah the the cream will rise to the top right yeah yeah. Good, good time. Good it's tempo. always like that. I mean, eventually that's that's uh, and it, it's not new. It's always been like that. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. So we should we should connect again though and yeah. see where we're at six months down the road. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. It's yeah. been very interesting. I mean, we. I mean, there's a few other topics I'd like to speak to you about because you're very okay. fluent in these topics. But it was uh, very good. So first of all, I'd like to thank you. Um, thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah.